You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You've now tuned in to the Drawing Board Podcast, a powerful, thought-provoking discussion where we talk about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. Let's see what exciting guests we have on our show today. Great evening, great evening, the Drawing Board Nation. This is Andre Ebron, the host and the founder of the Drawing Board Podcast. Before I proceed to talk about our amazing guest that we have on tonight, I want to say to every administrator, every teacher, every social worker, every uh, teacher's aide, every uh, paraprofessional, to every uh, custodial engineer that started school today, happy first day of school. I hope that all went well. I can say at Dawson Elementary Middle School, uh, we had an excellent time with the clap-in. And to all of the men that came out and supported that clap-in today, thank you and God bless you. It really, really made a difference in the lives of our youth and uh, the children just, you know, continue to exclaim about it. And even the parents continue to exclaim about it. So I just wanted to say the work that you all did, the hour that you all volunteered, it has so much impact. Uh, and we're looking forward to partnering with you all more. Uh, in fact, we have a this little plug here. I'll put it there. We have an event this Saturday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Dawson Elementary Middle School, and uh, would love to see you all out. It's our back-to-school event. So, yeah, make sure you do that. But to all the teachers, administrators, faculty, staff, everyone in there, as we would say, their respective places, right? right? right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, definitely glad about that. Now, tonight, 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 we have the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Pastor DeAndre Riley. Welcome to the show, sir. Man, so glad to be here. Thank you so much for um, allowing me on your platform. You know, I know this is a great thing that you have going on, and uh, helping people draw out their destinies and their futures. And so I'm just glad to be here to be able to share a little bit of information today. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yep. man. The last time you and I were together, I believe it was with Brother Jesse Cole. Yes, sir. Yep, yep. And uh, was it around like a Father's Day? I believe so. I, I think it was leading up to Father's Day, and the, the whole focus was fatherhood. So, yeah, yep. And that was uh, almost, what, maybe well, a year ago almost? might have been a year yep, ago, almost, yeah, roughly. Yep, yep. Yeah, or might even might have been a year or two. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah been, roughly. Been a little yeah, minute, yes, a minute, sir. But... Man, I see you're doing great and uh, awesome things, man. I love the way God is using you, uh, particularly, especially addressing the same domains that we look at on the drawing board, Mm -hmm. which is family, ministry, community, and career. Absolutely. But triggering it all, understanding that it begins with relationship. So congratulations to you and your wife, man. I saw you guys traveling on the plane. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, Yeah. I saw saw that uh, God used her in a mighty way. Definitely, definitely. He used you all as a unit. I love it uh, when I see... Uh, young couples absolutely uh, operating in whatever God has called them to do, whether it's business or mm-hmm. ministry, but moving as a unit. Yep. So I'd like to pitch this to you. I was talking to my kids about this today. Uh, well, not today, but uh, over the weekend. And I explained to them why I don't allow them to argue with each other. Gotcha, I said, gotcha. I said, this isn't that. I know you might think it's just dad, you know, being dad, right? Mm-hmm. I said, but what I'm really sharing with you is there is no issue greater than preserving the unity of our family. Yeah, definitely. I said, because when yep. we unify, there's nothing that's impossible for us. You yeah. know, I use scripture, whatever, two or more touching right, as right, a green. Right, right. That's one of yep, my favorite yep. scriptures, man, because yeah. I, I literally believe that if we come in agreement about something, that numbers, what, 23, that God is not yep. a man that he, he should lie. lie. Yes, sir. He said if we, if we agree mm-hmm. that the Father in heaven would do that thing. So 
I told them about that, man, and, you know, how unity plays a huge part. Definitely. And, you know, I, all, all these scriptures are coming to mind, you know, how can two yeah. walk together? Unless they, they agree. Right, yeah, right. so yep. all of those things. But God has given you a special mandate mm-hmm. to really train and equip and talk about the raw, real issues as yeah. it relates to young married couples. Like, talk to me. Like, yeah. give me the journey. How did you end up, you know, like tackling that issue? Yeah, definitely. You know, even to your point, though, talking to your children, it's funny. Uh, my wife and I, uh, being married seven years from right. our marriage, you know, three three children, four-year-old who is extremely impressionable. I mean, he, he picks up everything and anything that you do and say. Uh, we have a two-and-a-half-year-old. Actually, he's a little closer to three now. He'd be three in December. And then a fairly newborn child, seven months. Okay. Um, And so my wife, she's, she's real big on – if me and her, as my former pastor would say, uh, having intense fellowship, right. you know, yes. uh, arguing or whatever, um, <laughs> trying to refrain from doing that in front of the children and not letting the emotions and things get the best of us. And so that's that definitely a great practice, man, to kind of put into place. Um, but to answer your question, the whole Young Married Couple movement, program, ministry, if you will, really kind of spawned out of a uh, a desire for of me and my wife to stop seeing young couples lose or give up early. You know, um, unfortunately we find a lot of people in marriage have a hard time in general, just kind of transitioning their lives together. And if you really, really think about it, you got two people who've lived, I don't know, let's say 20, 30 odd years of their lives by themselves. And then together decide one day, Hey, we want to get married and have a family. Let's, let's get married. Let's come together. And so bridging those two worlds together can be extremely difficult, especially if you don't have the right tools, the accountability, the support to kind of help you, you know, I guess navigate throughout those early stages. And so as a result, a lot of people just say, you know what? Forget it. It's not working. Uh, he's not for me. She's not for me. Oh, this is not what I signed up for. And so a lot of times young couples, they again will say things like, you know what, we, we started this, uh, you know, let's quit while we're ahead, all of that type of stuff. And so what me and my wife wanted to do is, you know, through sharing our experiences, our story, as well as bringing people together to get connected to other individuals who have been successful to be able to say, you know what, uh, marriage, it is work. You know, marriage, it it has its ups, it has its downs. Uh, but it's possible, you know, and, and it's possible for you not only to, you know, survive those early years, but you also can thrive in those early years. And so, you know, me and my wife through different financial issues, different communication struggles, you know, we just had it in our minds and our hearts that, you know what, at times you may get on my nerves. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? At, at times we may feel like this may not be what we want to do. But we said we made these vows, you know, uh, to, to death do us part for better, for us richer, for poor. And so, again, with that desire to help, you know, young couples navigate through those early stages uh, a little bit easier, you know, was the reason why we did that. And so definitely, um, you know, we're not perfect. You know, we, we don't know everything, but what we do know, we share. Right. You know, what we learn, we teach, and we've learned that even by teaching, we learn more, we get better, we get sharper, we get focused, and even more accountability is added to our marriage. And again, it's just a big reciprocal effect just to be able to, you know, be a benefit and blessing to other people. Yeah. Right. Yeah, man, I, I, I appreciate it to the point of of knowing that when you gather couples around, mm-hmm. especially in those earlier years yep. where uh, generally one of the one of the uh you know, people involved in the marriage 
wants to preserve privacy so they don't want exactly. to talk about the struggles. Exactly. The other one is wants to seek help, you mm-hmm. know, from people who yep. may watch this, watch this, may not be qualified to give you the help, right, right, you know. Right, right. So uh, merging two systems yep. uh, without the proper, t- what you said, without the proper tools Absolutely. or training. Like that, it's it's a crash course, you know. Mm-hmm. Two becoming one, there's friction. You exactly, know, exactly, yeah, exactly. That unifying, you yep, know. Yep. And uh, as much as people may quote, you know, a, th- uh, a three strand cord is not Easy absolutely right, right. all of those things are absolutely true mm-hmm. in principle. Yep. But the practice of that in daily living, that's going to take some tools. Like you, you brought up uh, being able to transition. Mm-hmm. How many people are not comfortable with transitioning into something new? Exactly. The ideal. Or, or wanting to be married and one. That's an awesome idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great covenant. Yep. Yep, yep. Yeah, the reality <laughs> of the merger, <laughs> right, you know, right, the right. acquisition, you yes, know, sir. that yep. that is something totally different. But it can be beautiful yes, sir. if you surround yourself with people who are willing to share, yep. A, from the word and from their experiences. Yep. So, yeah, and you know what was, what's interesting about that is uh, my grandfather, he passed away last year um, after having raised me and my brothers and sisters. Um, and my grandmother and him were married for 65 years. Oh, wow. And it was interesting watching my grandfather Let's just put it this way. Growing up, me and my wife, we would be in church. She, you know, we, we grew up in different churches. And at one point, you know, as we started dating, we were in the same church. But I grew up in church hearing guys say things like, man, me and my wife never said the D word. We never said divorce. Or guys get up in the pulpit and testify and say, man, I never slept on a couch and I always was, you know, sound like you hear all these good, you know, wonderful stories and things of that sort. And then it was funny because I'm like, I can actually believe a lot of this because I watched my grandfather again for, However many, I mean, so I'm, I'm 33. So for 32 years, like I never seen my grandfather raise his voice at my grandmother, raise his hand, disrespect her, like any of this stuff. Like he was always like he never slept on the couch, you know, so I never heard them say divorce, you know. And so I don't know if they had like a, a rough first 30 years. And then by the time we came <laughs> in the picture, right. but whatever the case is, what they were putting forth was an example that that we can look at. And then my wife's uh, parents, they've been married for 32 years. OK. You know, so we, we just stay around people that have done it. They have a success you know, track record. But then also, um, you know, we had a summit this past weekend where other young couples are coming together as well and saying, hey, we are not only we not only overcome things, but we're living this as well. And so we know what it's like to be married in the age of social media. We know what it's like to be, you know, married with the unique challenges that we're dealing with. And this is how we're dealing with it. This is how we're maintaining and just watching people come together and again, just be sharpened and say, man, you know what? If they can make it through that, we can make it through this. Or wait, we're not the only ones dealing with that. You know, and so it just gives people that much more encouragement just to kind of, like I said, keep on going. So, yeah. So so here's the question. And um, because we have in some way some similar background, similar mm-hmm. work, things that we do. Yeah. Uh, I asked this question. Similar names. Similar names. <laughs> hey, listen, when you run into a Dre, right, you right, run right. into an awesome individual. Yes, all right. Sir. Let yes, me sir. just say that. Yep, all right. Yep. Listen, this is not just anecdotal information. There's right, empirical right. data <laughs> that backs this up. No, but. Right, right. Uh, do you believe that in the times we're in now, is marriage still a viable union? You know what? I, well, let me just answer the question simply. Yes, I do believe it is. And what's even more interesting is I think sometimes people would maybe get the thought or even the notion that comes to their mind that people aren't getting married anymore. People don't desire marriage anymore. And I'm learning that 
I've had good examples of marriage. All right. So again, grandparents, in-laws, preachers, pastors, that sort of thing. But we also have a generation of people who grew up without fathers, who never had good marriages, who, who've seen people come together and be divorced. We've seen people who, and this is some of the things I, I hear from older couples sometimes too. We've seen uh, older couples that have been married while they're happy now, made a lot of sacrifices, put themselves aside, and they never got a chance to realize their dreams. So as a result, they never started that business. They never traveled. They never did anything that they never that they really wanted to do because, hey, we got married. Then we had children. Then I had to work and that sort of thing. Right. And so what a lot of younger people are discovering now is I see what they have done. We know that works, but I don't have to be in a rush to do it. You know, so you're seeing people get married later now into their 20s as opposed to earlier or maybe even in their 30s now, you know, because they're like, you know what, let me establish myself. Let me build my business. Let me travel the world first. Let me do all of this and then get married. That was a little different for me because, again, I from like 18, 19, I was like, I know I want a wife. You know, I never wanted to have a whole bunch of girlfriends Again, because that's what I saw. And I'm like, man, having a wife looks like a good thing, you know. And so I'm like, right. I want me a wife. And so, again, marriage is a very viable option for a lot of people. I just think that they're taking their time with it. You know, you see people nowadays, you're like, man, I wonder why they're not married. You know, I wonder why he's not married. I wonder why she's not married. Because, again, one, I'm still figuring myself out. But number two, I want to make sure that my first marriage is my only marriage. And I, I commend people for that, you know. Um, and again, it's not to take away from what anyone else is doing. That just wasn't me. <laughs> like, right. I, we got married. I was uh, 25. My wife was 22. You know, so it was just like I found the one. I knew what I wanted. And that was that. But, you know, if it takes time for you to kind of discover what you want, then by all means do it because better for you to discover who you are and, and learn what you need to, you know, uh, have in a spouse than for you to get to this. You can't do it. And you find yourself quitting before it's over with. So, yeah. Um, okay. Yep. So there's the next question. I want you to hold. I want you to wait on it now. All right, all right. I mean, because, you know, marriage and relationships, that's like a, a huge topic that people love to talk about. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about the union of marriage, uh, knowing it's a covenant ordained by God yep. and knowing the power that is within that covenant. Um, here's the real question. How do you know when you found the one. Hold on though. Okay, Hold on, you, wait. So you, <laughs> I don't want I don't want you all tuning in to yeah. miss out on the many facets of this good brother, uh, Pastor DeAndre Riley. So let me tell you a little bit about him. Uh Pastor DeAndre Riley is a passionate gospel preacher and teacher, often touted as having knowledge and wisdom well beyond his years. He is an effective he is an effective orator and illustrator of God's word. He takes the commission at and call of God upon his life very seriously, and this is evident in his ministry practices. Life has taught him that there is no safer place to be than in the will of God, and that God's grace is sufficient to sustain you from the wiles of the enemy. Pastor DeAndre Riley is licensed and ordained elder in the Church of God in Christ Incorporated, also known as, here goes his entrepreneurial hat, <laughs> As DR Speaks, DeAndre Riley is an author. He has written a book here called Good Success, God's Blueprint for Successful Living. I almost feel like a good Joshua 1 and 8 is yeah, jumping out it. of yeah, here. That's okay? it. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, yes sir. sir. All right. And then uh, Greatness Unleashed, Inspire, Inform, Instruct, Impact. These two books are available on your website? Yes, sir. Okay. Yep. And your website is? Uh, you can find all of that information at drspeaks.org. 
or uh, I believe you're on the Strive Church. Yes. Uh, or you can go to our website at the ministrystrivechurch.org. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, listen. Both you and your lovely wife, Lady Portia, are the founders of a speaking, consulting, and coaching company, Strive Empowerment Services. Yes, sir. Now, names mean a lot to me. Yeah. They do. And so when I saw Strive Church, when I saw Strive Empowerment, mm-hmm. like, tell me about that. Yeah. The the quick version of that is uh, when, when I knew I would be launching a church, I actually didn't have a name for a ministry. You know, I was just like, hey, we— <laughs> If God just wanted to be called church, we just had church and Bible study, whatever. Yes, sir. Um, but but one day I just kind of prayed and I just said, hey, God, you know, in, in this day and times, you know, they kind of want you to establish, you know, your stuff with the state and all of that stuff. So I kind of re- really need a name, but I did want it to be Bible based. And so it took me to the book of Philippians. And, you know, uh, where the apostle says, I press, you know, towards the the call of, the, you know, the prize of the upper call of God. Yes, sir. Um, and it's funny that word press, I began to look it up and found different synonyms and things of that sort. And uh, one of the words was strive, you know, and it really didn't stick out to me until I went to kind of shut down my computer and got quickened again to research other versions. And I found it in the New English translation where he literally says the word I strive, you know, and so the word strive just kind of really means to contend for, to, you know, vigorously fight for, to go for, pursue, press, if you will. And so when we're talking about striving, we're talking about one, recognizing that there's a goal. Um, there is a a mission, a vision that God has given us all, and it is uh, to our benefit and also to our detriment if we don't. But it's to our greatest benefit if we, you know, press and strive towards that particular goal. Ultimately, in doing so, we will find ourselves making an impact. We will find ourselves making a difference, and ultimately empowering people to do also the same thing. So when you look at the Apostle Paul, I mean, he's striving, and as a result of him striving, he's blessing all of these people. He's writing 13 books of the Bible, and Absolutely. some people give him for, credit for 14, and he's doing all of these different things as a result of striving. And so we encourage people to strive towards what it is that God is putting your heart and mind to do, and then obviously, as a ministry, God is our focus, impact is our vision, and earth is our mission. And so we're always trying to do what we can just to glorify God in everything as a ministry. And then so we took that same thing and said, hey, you, you know, Andre, what I used to do a lot of is I used to separate my faith from the secular, if you will. Right. So people would call me to speak, whether it's a school or so on and so forth. Right. And I would just kind of feel, you know, pinch a hole to a certain degree, like, man, I can't use scripture, that sort of thing. And I just stopped doing that. You know what I'm saying? So now when people get my bio, you get the the pastor's portion, all of that. And we had that conversation. I'm a preacher. It's going to come up. If that is an issue with you, we don't have to do this contract. We don't have to... You can find somebody else. And there's no hard feelings or anything because I need to be free to who, you know what I'm saying, to be who I am and express what God has given me. It was him who ultimately gave me all of this. So why would I, you know, try to dim that? But yeah. No, actually, <laughs> I, I can attest to the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And what would end up happening is it would come up anyway. Yeah, exactly. You know, and yeah. so it was one of those things where, uh, like, so I, transparently, so even with the, uh, the drawing board experience, mm-hmm. right? And it is, the premier motivational conference in the nation. Right, right. However, uh, when you see inspire, motivate, transform, mm-hmm. what it really means to edify, exhort, exactly. and comfort. Right, right, right. And so, yep. you know, you, you understand in different, different marketplaces, you know, what may draw the people, yep. but it's still to edify, Absolutely. to exhort, and to comfort. And yep. so the mission doesn't change. 
Hey, if you called me to speak or mm-hmm. they call you to speak, right, right. this is who you're gonna exactly, get. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And that's good, man. And that's so for any uh young preacher that's figuring out, you know, you're getting some opportunities, you know, you uh, some organizations are calling you and you want to be able to share uh really what is your message. Mm-hmm. You know, you've written a, you've written a sermon, a message, something tailored to what the organization has asked you. Respect that, yes, definitely. Yeah. But don't deny that really the power of exactly. you speaking, yep. it comes from your relationship with God. Absolutely. And so uh, this is what I like to say. If I introduce you to the principle, exactly. you're going to want to run into the person. Exactly. You know, that's it. And uh, so that was just some little preacher talk. What exactly. it means, right, 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 <laughs> you know, right. if I introduce you to the principle of the word of God, yep. you're going to want to get to know who's behind this word. Mm-hmm. And we all know that God and his word are synonymous. They are one. Yep. So, yeah. But so you got the business, um, Strive Empowerment Services. Uh, you're also the founder of Man Up Empowerment mm-hmm. Incorporated, a men's empowerment organization aimed at uplifting and empowering men to live lives of greatness. Yep. That's awesome. So you're empowering the men. Mm-hmm. You're empowering the marriages. Yep. Uh, you're preaching God's word. So here's what I love about and what I know about preachers. And I, right, right. you know, and you can tell me, <laughs> hey, here's what here's, and I'm not saying in the cookie cutter model, but mm-hmm. that call to preach, a call to start a church, it comes from this powerful encounter. Yeah. There's an encounter. Absolutely. So, man, take me to that moment. Yeah. So you're serving faithfully. Where were you serving? Uh, so the the first church where I, like, received any type of call was uh, Bailey Temple Church of God in Christ. Okay. That, that's my childhood church. And yeah. there I got saved. You know, God blessed me, called me to ministry. I got opportunities to preach there, teach. I mean, literally everything. Youth ministry, uh, youth pastor, if you will, all of those d- different experiences. And it was it was in January of 2008 where uh, I, I was you know fresh home from uh, Michigan State had some some failures there some some mishaps some relationships and finances and all of that and, and finally just came home and was like you know what God I want my 2008 to be better than 2007 2006 and whatever else I was just going through right. I said you know like I'll live for you like just just save me deliver me forgive me. And I'll do everything that I can. And so I, I can't say that I got up, you know, at, at the end of that New Year's Eve service going into the new year, January 1st, 2008, like feeling any different. But I just believed I was different. And so I, I made a commitment to start going to church, attend the oh, Bible you gotta, studies. You got to pause right there because that's right. powerful. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, so okay. we brush past those moments. Yeah, yeah. But I think somebody needs to hear that is that you thought about it. Mm-hmm. You became resolute. You made a decision. Yep. You didn't feel any different. Yeah. But what what is it that you said? Yeah, but I believed I was. But you believe yep. that you did. Now, let's pause. So oh, yeah. for that person that you're waiting for this, you know, for the sky Those to crack or, you know, yeah. all of that. Listen, once you make that decision that is going to be different mm-hmm. and you believe that you're going to be different, that is the point of transformation. Absolutely. Yep. That is when I believe whenever truth shows up, grace also shows Absolutely. up. Absolutely. And so when you get a chance to confront yourself mm-hmm. and make a different decision, there's a grace to pivot. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So you were saying, so you, yeah, didn't, and, you and, didn't, it didn't necessarily feel any different, but you believe you were different. Exactly. And, and that was the, and, and even adding that portion, that portion of grace, I mean, the, the scripture talks about how grace teaches us to deny ungodliness. And so you just kind of get this, you get this access to God and this understanding 
understanding of God as you are as, as you are walking and living. And so, like I said, I just committed to going to Bible study, Sunday morning service. Like literally almost every time the church was open, I was unemployed at the time, too. So I was able to go to morning prayer, evening Bible study, Friday night, whatever. And I just got a greater hunger and thirst for God. And um, one day in April, man, the, the, the people, they had this conference called the Sim Convention, which is the pastor I had after Bailey Temple, uh, Pastor Daniel Granberry, was hosting this conference called the Sim Convention. Mm-hmm. And um, this was his last year hosting it um, at Bailey Temple, which when he became a pastor, he started hosting it at another church. But nonetheless, at his uh, church, now Gordon Memorial. But uh, they start talking about this Holy Spirit and, and, and dwelling and, and filling and all that type of stuff. And I was just like, all right, man, like I thought being saved was enough. I used to hear y'all talk about this stuff growing up. But I'm like, whatever that is, like I want a deeper connection with God. Right. And so just to kind of fast forward through that experience, you know, saw God had that experience. And in that moment, I heard God say, teach, preach. Now, that that's where you kind of start thinking. I'm always been a logical guy, so I'm like, no, that's probably just emotionalism in the moment. That's what I'm just hearing stuff. I'm trying to make something deep, but uh, with that, I, I just get this increased burden to want to start sharing God's word, to want to dig into it even deeper, and um, would eventually, you know, just yield to God and say, okay, yep, I'll, I'll speak, I'll preach, I'll teach. Uh, couldn't stand getting in front of people. This right here that I'm doing now, could have never done it. You know, if you would have told me this in 2008 that I'd be doing this. Mm-mm. And shortly thereafter that, I knew that eventually God would lead me to be a shepherd. Okay. You know, and I mean, I'm talking about from like 2000, probably 10, all the way until we started the church in 2017. Like, I just knew. I just didn't know when. And so when the church finally came about, it was almost in, 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 a, in a roundabout way, I almost was forced into it. You know, things at my former ministry, you know, were getting a little tense. You know, I kind of was, was some people would say outgrowing the space, if you will. Um, but I'll I, I say it this way. My diet was changing, you know. Okay. Um, and what I mean by that is a pastor, his job is to feed his sheep. Well, if if you are being caught and formed and shaped into a shepherd, my diet is not being changed into a shepherd's diet. And so my pastor, he's giving good information, good content, good word. But I'm starting to digest it as a shepherd now. And I'm like, sheep and shepherds don't eat the same thing. Right. And so I couldn't necessarily digest everything. And so that caused friction. I didn't know how to act. I didn't know how to respond. And so, you know, eventually ended up parting ways from that ministry. And, um, you know, about a year later, you know, we started the church. And, you know, some people are like, oh, I mean, you started your church out of anger and you left your church the wrong way. And it was funny when my pastor came back. Anointed me in front of the people, publicly affirmed the ministry. We don't have no beef. We don't have no issues. We went through what a lot of people go through. It's just, you know, hey, it is what it is. But yeah, um, that, that, all of those experiences, again, hearing God's voice, having that burden, having the knowing in my heart and in my spirit. And then, like I said, situation that just kind of forces you to it. And I always just tell people, man, what you are hesitant to do, what you are stagnant in doing, God will push you to it. You know, he'll create situations and opportunities, sometimes good and bad, to help you to recognize, like, this is what you need to do. And so ultimately, May 2017 is when Strive Church officially launched, May 7th. Uh, We've been striving every since, doing what we can to, you know, again, make a difference. And, you know, I I love it. It has its good days, it has its bad days. But um, this is a journey that I do believe God has graced me for. So, yeah. Yeah, That's excellent, man. I I can appreciate uh, so many different points of your journey mm-hmm. because, uh, I mean, growing up, you get all of these, you know, and I, and I, I know there, I know people have made certain things to, 
to fit biblically. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, oh, oh yeah, right, you right. got to be, oh, no, you got to be released into it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and, and I was indoctrinated that way. Yep. Um, and I do, I know there's a power to that. There because is. Because any time yep. that, um, you know, there's a covering there, all, there's so many different, yeah. you know, uh, beneficial things Absolutely. to that occurring. Uh, but there's also other ways. Like, so what you said, and I don't know if it's in a book or not. I'm sure it's probably, I can hear this part of your message, right? right, right. There's a difference between a sheep's diet and a shepherd's diet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, so here's my challenge. I always give my guests a challenge, go, right? right go ahead. So whether it's an article, whether it's a book, whether it's a sermon, I would love to hear you talk about the shepherd's diet. Yeah, yeah. And you probably already have a message. I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, way, but. you know, I, I talk about it, and, and I talk about it in that story, mm-hmm. in this particular story, because at the time I didn't know what was going on. Right. And I'm like, why am I frustrated at his word? You know, so I'm like, I mean, and just just to put context to it, uh, Pastor Granberry, he was and is a spiritual father for me. Yes. And, and I'm talking about growing up. This was the one guy I looked at. I wanted to dress like him, walk like him, drive cars like him, want to be a husband like him. Like everything he did, everybody said, I want to be like Mike. I'm like, I want to be like DRG. Right. I'm talking about, like, I posted a video not too long ago from a message I did about 10 years ago. Like I want to preach like him and everything. And so um, I never not got anything out of his messages. You know what I'm saying? And so like I said, during that, that season, I was just like, man, what in the world is going on? And so, you know, I mean, I went through all the different things. Like, I talked to the bishop and, you know, even let him know what was going on. Like, hey, we're going to start this church and that sort of thing. He was like, man, God bless. I think it's going to do well. God is with you. You say God called you, so on and so forth. But at the same time, I still felt like some tension there. And, you know, eventually had to make sure all of that was good and, and setting and ready to go. Because let me say this. Some of the things that I struggled with, um, you know, so now this is it's two years for us in ministry, that I struggled with, particularly in that first year, I would have never had to struggle with had maybe, you know what I'm saying, things transition a little bit differently. You know what right. I'm saying? And let me just say this. My pastor gave me an opportunity a year prior to starting the church to say, hey, if this is what God is calling you to do, go out, do it. If you got to start it in your living room, do it. He said, and if it don't work, you can always come back. I was scared. I'm like, no, I can't do that. I'm just going to stay here. And I just ignored it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I said, from that moment on, just things start to just kind of evolve to where it's like, you need to get out of here, you know what I'm saying? Because there are there are now sheep that need what you have. And so, yeah, to that point of, of the shepherd dies, I mean, I'll take you up on that challenge. Maybe I couldn't put it into a blog, um, you know, possibly insert it into the next book or something to that extent. But, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, be- because there's a there's a <clears throat> off-balance uh, or feeling of off-balance. Like mm-hmm. like you have uh, – I don't know if you've known anybody that has vert- that ever had vertigo. Right, right. Right, yep. and so they – is something within them is just making their whole equilibrium exactly. be off, right? Yep, yep. And what was a fluid interaction generally right. now the interaction is it is it, it's, it's not necessarily coarse, but it's just not the same. Right, not the same. Yep. It's not the same, and so you're you're evaluating to say what is you know exactly like, what is this? You right, know what right, I mean? Right, right. So Absolutely. yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, so out of all, when you got ministry, you have business, you have uh, sheep that need what you, you know, uh, are offering, the mm-hmm. diet that you're providing. God has called you into ministry. You're pastoring uh, full time uh, where, you know, you and your wife are leading the church. Right. But you say here, you said DeAndre will tell you <laughs> right. that his greatest joy is being the husband to the lovely Portia Riley. Mm-hmm. He often exclaims, she makes me better. Absolutely. 
He is the proud father of three beautiful children, as you mentioned, Serenity, DeAndre, Serenity Michelle, mm-hmm. DeAndre Jr., and Darren Marvin. Oh, yeah, we we, we uh, haven't updated that since Dave has been born. But, yeah, and uh, Dave Matthew, again, that's the, that's the seven that's month. That's the seven old. month. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, Dave and Dave Matthew. Yeah, yeah. So, man, talk to me about that. When you became a father, like yeah. I know in a man's life, the when he becomes a father, like life takes on right, right. a whole new meaning. So yeah. take me to that point, man. You, you know, um, Serenity's your oldest, right? Right. You know, what's funny about that is, is I became a father uh, prematurely, if you will. You know okay. what I'm saying? So that that was that's that's a part of my my uh, my struggle journey from my first you know few years as an adult. Um, so I became a father at 18, and so this is prior to marriage. You know, before meeting my wife, and you know, had a lot of um, struggles in that banging my head against the wall. And then, unfortunately, not being able to, I would say, fully flourish in that. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it, it's not the, fam- the family dynamic. You know, you got you and the estranged mother, if you will, trying to make something work, and it just didn't always work. And so um, that experience, it, it, it taught me a whole lot. It taught me a lot about patience. It taught me a lot about just trying to deal with people, but then also just trying to see beyond, watch this, your, your mistake. You know, um, and not that the child is a mistake, but again, if you would have did it a different way, you probably wouldn't have done it that way. And a lot of times people may have those experiences and that just hasn't been me where they just feel condemned about it, you know, and they're just down and they're like, oh, man, I messed up and I failed. And who the son is set free is free indeed. That's that's me. There's therefore no condemnation, condemnation. to them who are in Christ Jesus. I'm like, bro, you not. can't yeah. you can't make me feel bad about something that I did in my stupidity. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm doing what I can now to make things right. And so, you know, I've learned the the importance of reconciliation in that, you know, and, and forgiveness and and moving forward and then saying, All right, when I get this opportunity again, you know, so I'm, I'm gonna make sure that, that I do it right. I'm not gonna make the same mistakes over and over again and that sort of thing. Because um, a lot of people may wonder, a lot of times I talk about my grandparents raising me, and sometimes I get a chance to talk about how that happened, and sometimes I don't. Well, my father wasn't in my life. He died when I was about four, going on five years old. And mm-hmm. so, like, my early part of my life, he was there for the most part, but kind of in and out, did some jail time, prison time, that sort of thing. Uh, so lost my father at a young age. Uh, five years later, at nine years old, my mother passes away, you know, and so I'm, I'm not in— um, re- being raised without either of my parents. And so for me to be in, in my children's life, it was it's important to me because right. I didn't have that. You know what I'm saying? So, and I'm like, man, whatever short time I have on this earth, if it's, you know, another 50 years, another 100 years, it's still a short time. But whatever time I have on this earth, I want to make sure that I'm doing what I can, you know, to be a, a difference maker in my children's lives and just be active. And so uh, me and my wife, we get married uh, 2012, and in 2015, we have Junior. Okay. And and just for all sake of transparency, when, when we found out we were pregnant, I'm talking about the night before, July 3rd. So we found out July 4th, uh, 2014. Yeah, July 4th, 2014. That makes sense. All right. So July 3rd, 2014, we have a heated argument. Uh, we were living in Lansing at the time. We like, man, you know what? Skip this marriage, man. We ain't gonna, this ain't gonna work. She's like, I'm about to move back home with my parents, all that type of stuff. And I woke up the next day and she was just like, you know, I'm still feeling weird. She had been feeling weird the last couple of, you know, weeks or whatever. Um, but she started feeling weird. I'm like, you know, like, what's wrong with you? You still got an attitude? She's like, no, I just ain't feeling good. And I'm like, whatever. All right. Um, but something in my spirit was like, 
she pregnant. Go get a test. You right. know what I'm saying? So yeah. I ended up going to the store getting a pregnancy test. Got one. Had to take it. She took it, said positive. I'm like, all right. I'll leave back out. Go back to the right aid up the street. Go buy two more. And go take these. All right. three of them came back positive. Right. So at that moment, our whole countenance just changed. We all like, oh, I love you. Oh, I'm so happy now. <laughs> so th- what, what that did, one, in becoming a father is, it made me. It reinforced to me the the importance and a blessing and opportunity that marriage gives you. You know, so I'm like, wow. Had I never met this woman, I would have never had this opportunity. Now we're gonna have a son and that sort of thing. Then when he was born, like I was in a hospital room and I got to see that experience as as opposed to the first time I didn't. You know, so seeing that experience and holding it for the first time, and I was the first one to hold him and you know signing the the birth certificate and putting the footprint on the thing and so all of that stuff. Right. And so all of those experiences that we do it again with Darren and then with Dave, and so it, it definitely makes you. A lot of guys, man, they have like this this light bulb moment where they're like, man, I got to turn it on for my family. I got to hustle. I got to grind. I kind of already had that mentality. Right. Um, but it does give you like added incentive. You know, um, I was I was watching my son the other night, a couple of nights ago, sleep. And I'm like, man, as much as he knows, he still knows nothing about this world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm like, it's so much pressure on me to create a life for him that makes makes it easier for him you know what i'm saying like he doesn't encounter the same obstacles i did or make the same mistakes that i did and i'm just like god man just help me give me the grace give me the the the, the strength the ability to be good stewards over these blessings you know what i'm saying like i, I just believe this that children um like god kind of lends them to you as parents you know and it's like hey I'm trusting you over these next, you know, a couple of decades to rear them up, train them up, you know, uh, and make them good people, help them become good people so that they can ultimately be used for my glory. So um, that that's what fatherhood is. And I know it's kind of a lot, but just in a nutshell to me, just, you know, an opportunity, man, to steward, you know, over, over a gift that God has given you. Um, and then let me say this as well. Um, being a father taught me God's love on another level too. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of Absolutely. fathers, especially if you're of the faith mind, you know that like, Absolutely. Oh, this is what it looks like to love unconditionally. Yeah. This is what it looks like to forgive. Oh, this is what it looks like to give another chance even after they messed up. Oh God, thank you. You know what I'm saying? So and even yeah. in all of our doing, yep. the love that we have for our children doesn't never even, change. Doesn't, it, it doesn't even compare. It doesn't even compare. Yeah. Yep. And I think that that is, that, that is, that is, uh, well, supernatural. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's divine, you right, know, right. to think about the, his love for us yep. and knowing in your heart the love that you have for your Absolutely. children yep. and how it doesn't even hold like a candle to yep. Yep. the love that he has for us. Absolutely. So now to the question. All right. All of the all of the <laughs> the the awesomeness of being a dad, uh, you know, I would say the learning experiences through that. Uh, you've met your beautiful bride. Yep. You all have found out that. The, the unity that you all have, the marriage that you all have is greater than any obstacle yep. that will seek to, you know, come against it. And, and that's, that's actually the truth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, 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 you know, it comes to a point, uh, where you become resolved, like, okay, so it, it's, it, it's understood that I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I told my wife that yesterday yeah. on our Facebook live. I'm like, girl, if you leave, I'm leaving with you. Like, yeah. Where are we going? Where are we going? <laughs> where, you know, uh, you're not going yeah, anywhere. Right. It's, it's kind of one of those things, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think that it is, uh, it's a powerful moment when the two resolve that, right? Yeah. 
uh, when you say, okay, we've we've gone through the, you know, all of those different things. Okay, cool. We're settled yep. in the fact that this thing is for a lifetime, exactly. right? Yep. You know, we've had all the bumps and bruises. But to our singles who are yeah. listening, and they say, how do you know yeah. when you found the one? Yeah. That's a huge question. It is. A, that's, that's a, a very big question. Uh, my wife and I actually, all, although we're married and we're doing things for young married couples and serve young married couples, my wife still has a very big spot in her heart for singles. Um, when we were down in North Carolina, which that, that was the first time we were able to do a speaking engagement together outside of the, you know, outside of Michigan. And so it was, it was a big deal. Um, well, the first official one, we had an opportunity to speak down at a conference that they just kind of called us on the spot and it was like, Hey, can y'all share a five minute message each? But that, that one was scheduled, planned, all that type of stuff. But at that time, my wife, this was our subject. She talked about purpose and purity. Okay. And, and her testimony is way different than mine. She was, I waited for marriage. I, I, I was a virgin when I got married. I made up in my mind that I was going to wait for the one. And so my wife, she she shares that often, especially with young girls. Like, hey, like, keep yourself. Like, it's worth it. That sort of thing. Yeah. Um. And so we were talking yesterday, like, you know, we, we maybe need to put something together, you know, like the the preparation for I do or, you know, so whatever the case is, preparing yourself for the one. I think that's kind of what we had said. And so it's ironic that you asked me that. Um. Let me just tell you just how I knew, um, you know, my experience, my wife, she visited our church for the first time in the, in the winter of the year I got saved. So okay. like December, 2008, maybe January, 2009, the, the dates kind of elude me sometime, but I remember when I seen her. Okay. Hold on. I got to set the stage. I got to set the stage on this. Right, go ahead. Okay. Was this a Wednesday or a Sunday? It was a Sunday. Okay. So it was, it was a, a Sunday. Sunday. The blistering cold. It was outside. cold. Snow outside. Snow outside. <laughs> Cloudy day. Cloudy. The door opens and she you know came that, in like sunshine. The, let me say that brisk breeze that comes in right. through the foyer, right? Right, right. Right. Depending on where you're sitting in the church, exactly. It kind of hit the back of your neck, yep. and you turn around and you see your bride to be. What was she wearing? Do you she remember? she had on all black with a shirt. It was like a a, a sweater. Shirt connecting thing. So it was all black with like a little white shirt that kind of flared out. Yeah. Okay. It okay. was funny. And then you thought? So um, <laughs> I didn't see her initially in service. It was after service. So, okay. we, so one of the things that our pastor had been challenging the, the ministers to do and young people is like, man, when people come in and greet them, that sort of thing. And so like we saw him at the service and I went over there to greet him. But like, as I was going to her, you know, she was there with her sisters and she just stood out. You know, since she was probably like the quietest one, probably the most reserved one, even though she was the oldest, you know, she just kind of stood out. And I, I remember like confidently going over and having a conversation with these girls. <laughs> you know, saying like, hey, first of all, thank you all so much for coming. You know, we're extending our hand. You know, I'm one of the youth ministers here and we encourage you to come back. And um, it was kind of weird for me because out of the corner of my eye, I'm catching her and I'm like, you know, like. It's something about her. Like, yeah, she was attractive to me. Right. But, like, it, it wasn't that. Like, it was weird. It was just like, what is it about this girl that I'm, like, really, like, y'all need to come back? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I just kind of kept, you know, saying, like, hey, you know, you come back sometime. Found out that her cousin had invited her. And from that moment, I started inquiring to her cousin, like, hey, can you tell me a little bit more about your cousin? She's like, oh, well, she go to Wayne State. Name is Portia, such and such and such and such. 
she would never tell me a Portia was seeing anybody. You know right. what I'm saying? Which I think she may have had a boyfriend at the time or was recently broke up. I can't remember. Uh, but my wife did not join our church until uh, January, not J- January, July of 2009. Okay. All right. So I mean, she would come and visit every now and then. And after a couple of visits, I started telling the other youth department, see that girl right there? I'm going to marry her. We had never went out on a date, no phone number. I don't even think we was friends on social media. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just was one of those type of things. Like, I, I, okay, that's what it is. It was just, it, again, just something about her, just knowing I had. Um, in July of 2009, we had this revival, and young people, uh, you know, were coming out to this revival, this conference, rather. They were being blessed. People were being healed, filled with the Spirit, you know, all this type of stuff. And my wife has an experience, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this confirmation. Like, yep, she, 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 she's the one. And so as, as service gets out, she's walking to her car, um, walking out, and I kind of like rush up behind her. You know, I'm like, hey, you know, how, how, did you enjoy service today, man? It looked like God, you know, touched you a little bit, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. It was just like speaking in tongues and stuff, and I'm trying to like still be all deep and act like a minister, but I'm like really feeling her at this right. point too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so uh, eventually it was like, uh, I was like, let me just walk you to your car. When she gets to her car, she's like, oh, yeah, I got to go to the gas station. I'm like, oh, no problem. So I, let me go to the gas station with you. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. She like hesitant, like this little creepy dude asking to go right. to the gas station. I'm like, this neighborhood is not the safest neighborhood. Y'all want to be pumping gas by yourself. Your gas light is on. And she lived out in Macomb at the time. Okay. So we're in West Side of Detroit. I'm like, you ain't going to make it. Let me go ahead and go to the gas station with you. And so uh, go to the gas station, pump the gas, and get back to the church. And um, this was... Th- Andre, this literally was the first time I ever asked a girl out yeah. like on a date. Yeah. Any other time it would have been like we met through an acquaintance or something like that. But I like worked up enough nerve to be like, you know, hey, uh, you know, perhaps if by chance you know, if your schedule, yes, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, permits you to squeeze me in sometime, we could, you know, commandeer a meal or something sometime. Yes. You know, um, but anyhow, between we exchange between work and being slain <laughs> exactly. in the spirit, please go. <laughs> yeah, man. And so we exchanged numbers that day. Waited a couple of days, text her, um, and we had just been talking ever since. Mm-hmm. And, like, our, our first conversations, at least the ones I was having, I laid everything out. I'm like, this is me. This is my past. This is what I'm dealing with now. This is, what we're, this is where I'm going. This is my plans. That's one thing. Like, I want to be married. I don't want to just be dating just to be dating. That was – I wouldn't recommend everybody do that. <laughs> that was very risky uh, because she could have just been like, dude, you. I'm just trying to get to know you. Right. Um, but she kind of had um, – a mutual understanding of what she wanted as well. It was something in her that was like, why am I giving this guy a chance? You know what I'm saying? Why, why are we going out? And so I can't say that I ever heard God say or some voice from heaven, but in my heart, again, from our initial conversation, I'm like, this is going to be the girl I'm going to marry. We dated for like five months before I proposed to her. Uh, in the sixth month I proposed, um, you know, her, her parents weren't too, too excited about that. Um, but I was resolute in that. Um, if I can give anything to anybody, you know, just as a as a quick, you know, aside, man, it's like when when you are as you use that word resolute, or or you know, you have this 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 knowing, this confidence about this person, it's a pretty good indicator that it's probably worth pursuing. You know, what I'm saying that that avenue, that lane. Everyone's how do you know it's the one? I believe it looks different for everybody. Some people say I heard God. Uh, unfortunately, there are some people who who learn the hard way. They married the maybe the wrong person or something, and that, you know that had a bad experience. Whatever the case is, but um, like I said, I just knew. And as me and her got the talk, 
um, you know, our conversations start to kind of be along the same same path. Um, another couple of ways I knew that she was good for me is when she started to challenge me in certain areas. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I wanted to, you know, work 30 years like my granddad did and retire. She wanted to be with a man who was in entrepreneurship as her father was. She changed my way of thinking in that regard. You know, she won't let me settle for anything. She she challenged me from an educational standpoint. Um, and so when I say she makes me better, like everything that I do, I had I just been with the roundaway girl that was just like, hey, whatever, you know, Section 8 is good. No offense to nobody doing that. Don't take that the wrong way, but... Again, she just like challenged me, like, "Hey, dude, like, there's something in you, like, you living beneath, you know, what I'm saying your potential, your potential, that sort of thing. Like, you can do better. So that's where greatness comes from. That's that understanding of like, there is greatness in me. You know, what I'm saying, let let me do what I can do now. And so, you know, to this day, like, I commit everything that I am to her. I get up and talk. I get up to speak. People are like, oh, first giving honor to God and my wife. That's not a speech for me. You know what I'm saying? It's like. Nine times out of ten, I'm here because she inspired me to do something. You right. know what I'm saying? And so, right. yeah, I, I always got to give a shout-out to my wife, man, for sure. Okay, well, shout-out to the first lady, <laughs> to the elect lady. All uh, right. Um, here's what's really good about um, those types of relationships. So when you talk about who's the one, uh, the challenge was there, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And it causes you to move beyond your comfort zone. Yep. Uh, it causes you to prioritize that person's needs oh. above your own. Oh, oh. It causes you to look at what life would be like, you know, considering someone else. Exactly. You know, yeah. and I think if you are not at a position where you could see uh, yourself serving another person. Yeah, that's good. Not being subservient. Don't get me. Don't don't take that there. Right. Cause I, I could hear somebody. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Not being subservient. But having a a, a, ded- a life dedicated to serving the other person, yep. you know, uh, their needs, their wants, their desires. And it won't be um, it, it won't make you compromise who you are. That's good. It may cause you to compromise some of the things you do currently, yep. but you won't have to be inauthentic to yourself. Yeah. Now, that's that's the difference. Now, when yeah. somebody starts to to misuse you yeah. in order to meet their need, that's something totally different than you choosing to serve someone yeah. because you have love and compassion and you want to see the best. Like you, you see that he is a, a living e- epistle, yeah. a testimony. Right. Go ahead, brother. No, you know, and it's so funny that you say that because the 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 big, like I said, that that key word in there is challenge. When people recognize that, you know, uh, being married. Uh, coming together, having any type of relationship, it, it's not always about you being served. Like I, I got this thought process: like, what if we fought to serve each other instead of fighting for our own, you know, some little thing? Like, if I just was intentional about seeking out your needs and doing what I need to do to fulfill those needs, what would that look like? And so again, my wife she started challenging me in certain areas, opening me up in different things, awakening other desires, and then vice versa. I would challenge her in some areas. And so there were some things that she thought she would be doing. I said, I don't really see you doing that. You should consider this. You should do that. Some things where I'm like, you know, I know this is hard to accept. I know this is hard to digest. But like, this is the path that God has us on. Like, we just got to deal with that. Let's work through it. Let's get better as a result of it instead of being bitter and that sort of thing. And so when you get people that. They may go with you kicking and screaming initially. You know what I'm saying? They may give you some resistance. They may not want to do it. But, again, you you start to say to yourself, 
that person right. You know, so yeah, I don't want to be without them. They're they, they going to make me better. They're, they're right about what it is that they're challenging me to do. Let's go ahead and try this out. You know, and as you go through, you start seeing like, yeah, you, you were actually right all along. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, so true. Well, that's good. Well, listen, Pastor Riley, uh, we have about three minutes left, man. Uh, has God put something on your heart that you want to share with the people? Well, all right. So in anything that we talked about today, uh, I mean, obviously, the the biggest takeaway that I can share with anybody is like, like who are you connected to or who you're connected with? And so prior to meeting my wife, again, had one mindset, get married to her. Now I have another mindset. We, we get married. I'm watching us struggle in certain areas. Okay. How can I change that? We sit down having conversations We're building and planning together. And I'm finding out that, what is necessary for us to get to those next levels is all found within what God has deposited within me. So, so for example, we was on our live last night and I was, I'll share, I said, some couples struggle because you as a spouse that God has gifted, has called, has given the desire, a vision for something, you refuse to launch out on it. Like you, you refuse to write that book. You refuse to, to start that podcast. You refuse to do that television show or start that business. And as a result, your family is suffering. You know what I'm saying? And so if I can give anybody any encouragement on whatever level you are, whether you're single, married, whatever the case is, your best life, whatever it is, is found within your inner greatness. That thing that you're shunning, that thing that you're suppressing for whatever reason. Maybe you don't think people are going to accept it. Maybe you don't think you got the followers or the support. None of that stuff matters because who you are called to needs what you have. And and as you start to operate in that, it's going to find those people. You know what I'm saying? And, and you probably can attest to this as well as I can. I ain't sold 10,000 books. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, so, so, uh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? A few hundred here and there. You know what I'm saying? A couple thousand, you know, whatever. If I went back and look at all of the figures or whatever. But I guarantee you, though, that those couple thousand people, that was the people that needed that information. They got what they needed from it. Hosting the conferences. Uh, we had our conference last week. A couple, you know, we brought one couple in that was talking about fertility. And there's a couple out there that's dealing with the same thing. Saying, so, you know what? That story gave me strength to keep on going. What if we would just sat home and said, no, we we too young to be doing a marriage ministry. We too young to do a marriage conference. That one couple that was there that got something out of that one discussion may have went home and gave up. You know what I'm saying? So right. the the key to unlocking people's, you know, greatness and, and destinies a lot of times is found within what someone else can do. And I'll say this, we are all recipients of someone else's, you know, uh, ideas or inventions or whatever the case is. Right now we're in the, in the studio doing a podcast, Podcast Detroit. Like somebody thought of that. And so as a result, you had a platform that you're able to kind of do what you're doing now. So, you know, be intentional about serving your purpose or serving your gift, because in doing so, you'll make a difference um, and make sure that you're connected with the right people to help bring that stuff out of you as well. Excellent. Excellent. So what I love about everything you said tonight, the people who you're called to mm-hmm. need what you have. This is the Drawing Board Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Ebron, and Pastor DeAndre Riley. Where can they find your information again? Uh, so anything is on my website, drspeaks.org, drspeaks.org. You'll find the links to everything that we got going on. Young Married Couple, Man Up Empowerment, Strive Church, all that stuff is right there on the website. Look forward to connecting with you. And I'm at DRileySpeaks on all social media platforms. Awesome. So your future is not behind you. 
It's not before you. It is within you. God bless.